Welcome to Life Lessons at the Craft Desk, a laid-back show where we explore life's greatest mysteries, tell silly stories, and chat about everything in between. Each week, I'm joined by a new guest to take a breather and surrender to our creative minds. This is not a show about artistic ability, rather an opportunity to let go of the stressors of adult life. Thanks for listening. This is Life Lessons at the Craft Desk with me, Bridget Grosjean. This week on Life Lessons at the Craft Desk, we have a very special guest for me. It is Dora. (laughs) Me. She is single-handedly responsible for a lot of my emotional growth as a person. I owe a lot to you, and I'm so grateful to have you here. And we're going to be painting cats. I'm so excited. The point of this show is that there is no pressure. Well, the problematic thing about this is, like, I would consider myself a creative person. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm also an Aries, so I'm competitive. And mm. so you want it to be better than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm a perfectionist. So you need it to be better so than I everybody else's. So I need it. <laughs> like my identity is dependent on it. So, and then it always comes out looking like shit. And then I have a, a reason to be self deprecating, but we've learned to not be self deprecating. So that's great. Would you say that that's something you've always struggled with is being overly self critical? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, I'm a very hypercritical person. And I think that's why in my personal relationships, when people are giving their feedback, Mm. I can come off as defensive. But it's not because I don't care what they're saying or I'm like, you're not telling the truth. It's just because I already know and I've already given myself a hard time about it. And I don't need it from you, too. You know what I mean? Be my support. I totally feel that, especially when it's something that you're working on. Yeah, for sure. Or you're trying really hard to, or that you have been critical of in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So I'm painting mine blue. That's cute. It's very exciting. <laughs> we have gender reveal cats. What's funny <laughs> is, I feel like I knew you were going to choose like those colors because you always do. I do. I really like blue. Blue is like... One of my favorite colors, I think. And I think I'm partial to it because I like wearing blue since I have blue eyes. Yeah. So it all works out in the end. Okay, so back to being self-critical. Yes. (laughs) Have you seen that improve or get (laughs) worse? I can't just say that. No, yeah, you can. Because I would say that something, honestly, you have helped me with is becoming less critical of myself. Yeah. So how did you learn to see things the way that you do? Because I feel like you frame things very well and have helped. I know that I'm not the only person who feels that way. I think it's just living in such a toxic space, like in my own head for so long. I used to say to myself like all the time, am I going to be like this forever? Like, am I going to be depressed forever? Am I going to have anxiety forever? Am I going to just, am I going to feel like shit like this, like forever? Am I going to hate being me forever? And it just got to a point. I just don't believe in coincidences. So like, that's really important to note about me. Nothing is a coincidence. My feeds, whatever I'd be doing, books I'm reading, like it would always be like a theme of just self-reflection, self-love, like having value for yourself, changing the way that you speak to yourself and about yourself and your perspective shapes your world, really. Yeah. I kept seeing all those things and I was growing, I would say, within, yes, my mental health, but like in my spirituality. My mom always said, when you know better, you do better. 
And so it's like, you know, I should brush my teeth when I wake up in the morning and before I go to bed, you do those things. And so it kind of became a thing where it was like, if I teach myself how to be nice to myself and be gentle with myself and give myself the same love I give other people, because I live by the golden rule, which for me, the golden rule is treat others how you want to be treated. Living by that, it was just a matter of like, okay, I, because I'm a people pleaser, I'm a former people pleaser. I give, give, give all of this to these people and maybe I feel so drained and so disgusted with myself and feel like I haven't done X, Y, and Z or whatever the case may be because, you know, I'm not pouring into myself. And so I should give myself the same love, appreciation, attention, compassion, all that other stuff that I give other people. And then from that, I don't know, it just kind of became a tumbleweed of goodness. Yeah. Of just self-love. When did you have this realization? Honestly, I've had so many of these like epiphany moments in my opinion. I would say maybe when I really started to work on myself was like 2019. After my junior year of college. college. Could not have been me in 2019. I I was dying, y'all. Emotionally dying. I was just dead to the world and I was just such a horrible person to the people that was like closest to me. I just woke up one day, didn't really have that many people in my life. And, you know, you can't really ask that many questions when you're the common denominator. You know what I mean? Like, you can't really be like, what's going on here? Like, you kind of got to be like, damn. All right, bitch, you got to have, you got to have some accountability. Some type of accountability. And so, like, once I had that realization, I kind of just, I don't know, I just started working on myself. You know, you got to take what people say. If someone gives you feedback, take it. If it resonates, okay, like maybe I can apply that advice. But if it don't, like keep it pushing, leave it on the table. And that's just how I live my life. So if somebody give me some unsolicited advice, because people do that, you know, I'm going to just keep it moving and uh, do what I need to do after that. It's definitely a grown-up thing to realize the difference between constructive criticism or feedback from a friend who is helping you grow Mm -hmm. and somebody that you just need to leave behind. Mm -hmm. That was really hard for me to figure out. And then recently, I think I finally kind of got my head around that Mm -hmm. where I realized, hey, do you need to be fighting for these people who Mm -hmm. don't actually care about you? Exactly. And the answer is no. Exactly. The answer is if somebody doesn't want to see you succeeding. Mm -hmm. mm, But I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) Glad you kind of like brought up that topic. It's such a fine line, I think, too, like between knowing if someone is being lovingly critical and just killing your self-esteem. And I feel like I learned that lesson recently, too, just from previous interactions I've had with, you know, newer people in my life. For me, it definitely took a while to kind of like understand the pattern that was happening. I think once you start to trust how you're feeling. There's only so many times you're going to ask yourself, am I tripping? Am I overreacting? Is it really me? Like, what is happening? Why do I feel so shitty when it's my fault? You know what I mean? Or like, I did something wrong. Like, why do I feel so shitty though? I just started going off of like how I feel around people. And I think learning how to read a room is a valuable life skill that everyone, literally everyone needs to learn to have. Like, you need to learn when people is giving you fake love. You need to learn when people don't have the best intentions for you. I'm working on that. That is something that I struggle with. And my parents have always called me out for it. Yeah. And then finally recently I was like, this person doesn't actually care about me. They Uh just think they're right. Yeah. And they're saying this shit because they think that they're right. And I know that in this one instance, this person is forever going to think that they were the bigger person in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something hard to realize in life as well is like, 
I might not always be right. Ooh, they might not always be right. That's so true. And sometimes you just need to not be friends with yeah, people. Yeah, and you it's just okay. gotta walk away. And like, I think that's hard too. This is a part of the golden rule though. This is where the golden rule kind of like applies because if I want you to understand my truth, to allow the other party to be able to just understand that like that is my truth and like be able to have compassion for it, then I need to give them the fucking same. And that is hard to do. <laughs> having like someone having their truth, whether you're the villain in their story or not. And I had to learn that it's okay yes. to be the villain in somebody else's story. Oh my God. Like I've, it's okay. This is going to sound so cliche, but I've journaled about that so much. Really? About you're not always going to be the good guy. Nice. You can do everything that you think is right. Part of being human is growing, obviously. Yes, unfortunately. And you cannot bring everyone with you. You cannot. And you don't have to. That's the other thing. There are people in my life who I would love to just hit up and be like, hey, I'm doing so much better now. And I'm really sorry about how I used to be. Even uh -huh. if it... And I kind of shared that sentiment with a friend at one point who was friends with people from my past. And she said to me, if you went up to any of these people and apologized, I don't even think they would know what you're talking about. So you need to let it go because it's not... And that's the other thing is like, I'm not a key figure in everybody's life. That's hard too. It is hard. Because obviously we all have our best friends. We all have our people that are our people. Like I've always felt like the, the little extra friend in the friend group. I get what you mean. Oh, she's coming too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she's in the group chat, but we weren't really talking to her. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you coming? Oh, you saw the messages? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Luna, your sweet kitty cat. Oh my God, my baby girl. When did you get her? It was 2016, I was leaving class one day and I stopped at the Humane Society because it was literally right next door. And I had already driven off. I was about to get on the highway and then I was like, you know what? And you know, college students, we be broke. So I had, I remember, because I was serving at the time, I had $176, tell my name. Okay, that was it, that was all. And I was like, I'm not gonna buy a cat. Literally kept telling myself as I was walking in, I'm not going to buy a cat. I'm just going to look and see what they got. If I see something I like, I'll come back. I'll get it. It's always the I'll come back and get it. Always. And I was convinced, you know? So I'm just like in there. They're like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'm just looking for just like a little kitten that wants to play with me. So I basically picked Luna because out of all the cute kittens that they had, she was the only one that wanted to play with me through the glass. Like she was literally the only one like trying to get my finger through the glass. So I was like. And that's why you got such a spicy cat. Oh my God. That's where I fucked up. So now you know. But I asked to take her in a room and she didn't care for me. And that's when I knew I should have left her ass. But this is my soulmate. And I took her home. And it's been history ever since. She's so smart. So fat. Well, she's she's actually looking pretty good right now. Like. I've, I've, you oh, know, yeah. cut down her portions. I think she kind of understands her new eating situation. And I get screamed at a lot more now, but she looks healthy. Good. The dentist, I mean, the dentist, the, <laughs> the, cat dentist. the cat dentist doesn't look at me crazy anymore. When Were they shaming you before for her? Being I definitely junky? felt shamed because she would get mats right yeah, on her booty because she, she couldn't reach it at the time when she was like super big and angry all the time. She wouldn't let me brush it. So it was kind of like inevitable, like every six months. And so I just think they were just like this young girl. Right. And doesn't so, yeah, take care of a I, cat. Yeah, I definitely felt shamed. So... We got it together now. She's good. I miss her already, and I've only been gone for like 20 minutes. I almost had a second one. Did I tell you that? Cat? Mm-hmm.
You better not get like, a second cat without telling me. Literally like two days ago, Kayla, which is my best friend, sent me like this lady's Facebook and I guess she was like posting that her cat had kittens and they were trying to get rid of them. As this lady in my inbox like, are you going to be able to feed it? It still need to take a bottle. And I was like, I work. Like, yeah. Um, wait. No, I cannot be a full-time uh, mother. No. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Girl, what? Do I need to take maternity leave for this? Like, <laughs> no, girl. I can't do that. This is so ugly. I love it. <laughs> Hers is scary looking, y'all. You see what happens when you take your time, though. Look at me over here. I've never been one for taking my time doing anything, I don't think. Tell me um, you're not a perfectionist without telling me. No, I think I I think I used to be, and then I started failing so hard that I... That sounds really dramatic. No, I think what it is, I've always had difficulty with turning things in that aren't complete to my satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that in grade school and stuff was kind of the start of me having extremely low expectations for myself. Really? Yes. I was thinking about this when I was running the other day. I'm like listening to music, running, like, ah, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Bridget, did you actually know that all of this stemmed from the fact that you thought that you couldn't commit yourself to anything because whenever you did schoolwork at a young age, you were too anxious about completing it correctly and turning it on time? You know? Really? Yeah, you know when your head does that? Yeah, I try to stray away from the what ifs because that's what drives me crazy. It was kind of freeing, actually. It was not so much of a what could have been, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it was more of a realizing what has caused me stress in the past, acknowledging that that's not who I am, like that does not define me. The fact that I was stressed out and inconsistent as a kid has nothing to do with who I am now. And the only person who can change that is me. So actually, it was a very constructive thought and mm -hmm. conversation I had with myself because I just always had trouble getting things in on time. And my teachers were always like, you have it completed. You just haven't turned it in. What are you doing? Oh, so bad crazy. for my parents. I would be like, oh my God, I didn't complete it. Like, Becky Sue, did you do it? Can I copy it in the bathroom? You go to school with a lot of people named Becky Sue. No, but I remember in sixth grade, we would have to do these packets for my social studies class. Uh -huh. And I fucking hated those packets. They were like all written answers. Can I not get a couple multiple choice? And it's like three right. pages. Give, me a, give like, me a word bank, please. Come please. on, I, I lady. Would like a word bank. So I literally, I actually did half that one, I believe. And I was rushing to like get the last two written answers. I copied hers in the bathroom. And the last answer, because it was time to go, like Bell had already rang, copied it word for word. I was rushing. Unfortunately, dumbly, huh? Me and Catherine sat next to each other in that mm. class. What she would do, she would go around from desk to desk, check to make sure you did it, read your answers, all that shit. She goes, mm -mm. can both of you stay after class? I was like, mm. oh. Nightmare, nightmare. And basically, we both didn't get credit for it, and Catherine hated me after that. She did not want to see a young woman succeed. In this world. In this world. Like, it's hard out here. I cannot express how bad this looks, and I'm so happy with it. And that says a lot. That says a lot because I love this cat unconditionally. And if it was my cat, I wouldn't be able to finish it. The background started really cool, and then I ruined it with this tail. Oh. How did moving go? It was fine because I had a lot of fucking time to do it because I got. When I had to be the one to fire you, that's such an awkward conversation. 
Hey everybody, this week I brought on the person who fired me from my last job to confront her. <laughs> I was set up, so it's cool. We could, we could talk about it. I don't really want to. Mm-mm, not no. at all. Mm-mm. I signed an NDA, so. Did you? Girl, what? They would have asked me to sign an NDA. I would have been like, Nata, I want a piece of that money too, because <laughs> why I need to sign an NDA? <laughs> I know there's something else. I apparently say that's funny a lot because I've had to continuously cut it out of my episodes. People say something and then I look straight at the camera and I go, that's That's funny. funny. (laughs) That is funny. Ha ha ha. You know, like human humans do that. You know how humans interact and say H A H A. (laughs) So where'd you grow up? (laughs) Did you grow up in St. Louis? I did. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. You don't have a passion for it like Emma does. Nope, not at all. Where is your favorite place that you have visited? So I recently just went to Cancun. It's like most tropical places. It's a nice beach, nice trees, nice views, good weather. Nature. Yeah. But we went and did an excursion to these like underwater cenotes in Mexico. They're underwater caves. Did you go in the caves? I guess they're underground, but there's water in them. And they were just like really cool. The last one we went to was super cool. They were like the minerals, good for your hair, your skin. We were in there like fishes. It was it was amazing. It was beautiful. The water was like super, super clear, super, super blue. Like there were little fishies. It was so cool. It was just views. And I think my next trip needs to just be somewhere I can like hike and see a lot of scenery. There's really nothing like nature right sometimes. Yeah. I think that living in Missouri, maybe just the Midwest, maybe just certain parts of the United States, I don't know, but it's like almost disheartening sometimes <laughs> when it comes to the access that you have to different types of nature, which I don't want to complain because fall is beautiful here and hiking can be wonderful and stuff. But man, I forget until I go on a trip somewhere and I see what else is out there. And, you know, mainly it just reminds me how beautiful this world can be. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not like a, oh, I hate where I live because mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate the things in this area. There is a lot to give, but it gives sometimes. It gives sometimes. <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying, especially with with water mm-hmm. weird choice but in third grade we went to jamaica <laughs> like your family <laughs> yes yes my family went to jamaica when i was in third grade and it was just the most beautiful water that i have ever seen and i didn't realize how lucky i was to be going there mm-hmm. at that age i just remember being able to float and look at fish right in front of me and it was so cool and i just love water and nature and i do not think that i am meant to live in the middle of the united states really why do you say really like that because i was like, saying something similar not too long ago cuz i've been saying for years like i want to move to canada i want to move to canada i just don't want to be oh is that bad to say nope. like just don't want to live here forever no. in this country forever. No. So that was that, that are very red, white, and blue. It's not that I don't appreciate this capitalistic country and the opportunity capitalism brings. But I think for me, the cons outweigh the pros. I have my own anxiety. I don't need uh, America's too. So It's very funny that you say that because... I was thinking about that today. I saw like a video of someone who had just moved to the Netherlands like yeah. a year ago. And it was like, here's everything I appreciate about living in the Netherlands versus the United States. And today I thought to myself, I need to look 
more into why I should appreciate living here because I'm not going to be moving out of this country anytime soon that I see. Yeah. And right now my level of patriotism is shockingly low. Maybe not shockingly because it's to be expected, I think, especially from our generation, but it is alarmingly low. What is something in your life that has changed your perspective? For Emma and Jared, pretty much it was going to college, I think, which is, yeah, it's a very wholesome answer, but also it's, it's such a change that everyone kind of, I feel like glosses over since so many people do go to college, you know? Yeah, but it is. But it's huge. Huge. Well, if I'm being completely honest, it's really hard not to be authentic. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so for me, honestly, it was like when I was 15, Um, And my mom passed away. Like, that was very life-changing for me. And I had no choice but to change how I viewed life or adulthood or getting older or growing up, really. Yeah, understandably. I can't imagine that not changing your perspective on life. Right. What is something that you learned in your childhood that you carry with you today? Something that I learned in my childhood is for... Like your haters, I guess, if you want to call them, or bullies, or whatever the case may be. If people are laughing at you, don't let them. Like, laugh with them, I would say. That was something my mom used to tell me all the time when I was having my little little bully moments at elementary school. That was just elementary school, because when nobody bullying me after that, okay? You can't bully me, okay? I'm not going to let nobody be. You can't bully me. We're just going to make that very, very clear. You can't bully me. But I was a very sensitive kid. Like, I was a very, very, very sensitive kid. So that really, really used to hurt my feelings. I used to come home crying like, oh, my God. And, like, it wasn't nothing crazy. They were literally just being kids, talking shit, and being me on the bus. And my mom was just like, you can't allow people to laugh at you. Like, laugh with them. Take the power away. Take their power away. They the only reason they're they're still bothering you, they're still bullying you, is because you're giving them a reaction that they want to see. Take the power away. And laugh with them. Tell them it's funny. And honestly, I did that one day. Literally the next day. <laughs> I did that. The kids on the bus literally were looking at me like, mm, she thinks she funny now? Yeah, Ashley. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I'll be the butt of the joke now. That's something hard to learn as a kid. I think as a person with a lot of emotional depth. Mm -hmm. I think that you and I both are that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's difficult to grow up like that and realize that it's okay to have such strong emotions, but also realize how to protect yourself enough. It has taken me 25 years to realize that that is a strength. Okay, Picasso, not even Picasso. That's more realistic. Did you ever take art history? I took art history in like third grade. I distinctly remember, this might just sound annoying, but I don't know if other people had these experiences. So I, in third grade, was gifted. I was a gifted child. So they took me out of class. Wait, are we saying like the smart one? Yes. I was in the gifted program. I was a gifted child. No, there was not a program. That's the thing is like, in third grade, I was reading, I think at a ninth grade level, and so of course you were <laughs> this is literally a walking autocorrect okay a walking autocorrect slash thesaurus slash mini google chrome she be getting on my nerves <laughs> well i i just remember 
remember one day we were doing like word problems on the board or something and everybody's supposed to follow along. And I was so bored. I just remember sitting there at my paper and I had already done all of the problems and I was just like reading everything word by word over and over again. And I remember my teacher walking past my desk and looking down and being like, Okay, and then just walking away. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do at this point. I do not understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, how old are you then? Like eight? I don't know. But they started taking me out of class and it was one other girl in my grade. We would have like hours of one-on-one time with this one teacher and she would give us jelly beans. (laughs) I just remember this, but we learned about art history Natural disasters, literature. It's so weird that like, just because you could read, you got to learn extra shit. No, it's because I was so bored. Yes. Oh, because like you were already like yes. done with stuff. It's because if they gave me the things that we were doing in class, I you would finish done. them in 30 seconds and then just probably be a menace, honestly. So I have all these weird things stored in the back of my head about like Picasso and stuff. <laughs> like just little memories like that. I am appreciative of that for sure. But I don't know. There were things as a kid that like I felt like were so weird that I now appreciate about myself, you yeah. know? I remember one of the things was, you know, like conjugating sentences. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. About conjugating no. sentences? <laughs> no, because I was in my English class. It was fifth grade and I was sitting there and we all had like the same workbook. She would tell us which problem it was. Five people were at the board and then everybody else was sitting there. Who on the board can do it the fastest? And my teacher stood by me long enough to realize that I was personally racing against everybody who was up on the board <laughs> to myself. Like I wasn't like, yeah, I beat you. But oh like, yeah. I was just sitting there doing it as fast as I could. And she said, see, I, and I was like, no, don't, please don't do this. And she was like, everybody who's sitting at their desk should be trying to do it and race everybody at the board like this. So you just called me out like that. I was like, let me be a nerd in peace. Literally, like, <laughs> just let me nerd out in peace. I do like knowing where the noun verb and the subject complement go and, but come on. But I loved syntax. I, that's what that is. Oh. It's like syntax. Yeah. I took a syntax 5,000 level course in college. I ended up dropping out of it because I was um, too depressed to do anything, even the things that I liked. It was really interesting for about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the three classes I went to. I love linguistics. Oh my gosh. My linguistics class was so much fun actually in college. My professor was Filipino, but her mom was from France. She spoke three languages, I think, but she always always emphasized linguistics is not about how many languages you speak. It's the study of language and Mm. stuff. And we learned so much. It was such a fun little like side quest of college <laughs> you know because it had nothing to do really with my major or anything oh uh, yeah i love how you've been done with your cat the past 30 minutes and i'm still over here crafting well i may add to it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna let things dry though it's just very on brand for me i just keep trying to add more and more while it's not ready yet <laughs> which is um a testament to my maximalist personality. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know if you've ever heard of the too much gene. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe that should be your last name. Is that our grow gene? It's Bridget too much gene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have the too much gene. It's the truth. I don't even know where I heard that. What is something that you have found surprisingly challenging as an adult? Honestly, I would I would say for me... It was like financial literacy and just like learning how to like 
properly manage my money. Most parents, like, they tell you, oh, you should be saving and, oh, this is how you use a credit card. But, like, they don't really, like, break it down. Like, if this is your income, this is what you should be doing. When I first got, like, my pay raise and I started making, I would say, decent money, I don't know. I just didn't. You know, like, you just start buying shit. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. But, like, it's just, like, you just. I can. It's just, like, I have the most money I've ever had in my life type of a thing. So I can spend the most money that I ever Yeah, like, I can buy shit that I never thought I wanted to buy. Especially for someone who is somewhat of a shopaholic. I can go anywhere and buy anything. I've been like that my whole life. I remember one time I got in trouble. I was supposed to go to Walgreens to, like, get medicine or something. You know, that was, like, the beginning stages of, like, the YouTube beauty guru era. The drugstore products was all that they were raving about. I may or may not have used my mom's credit card and spent $80 on makeup and forgot the medicine at Walgreens. <gasps> no, double whammy. <laughs> I was in so much trouble. Like, so, I got home. My mom was like, the fuck did you spend $80 on? And I was like, not the medicine, that's for sure. But I did have that dream. I don't know if you remember the Maybelline Dream Bounce Foundation. Yep. I had that though. So and I was, was in my it room. all worth it? Hell yeah, because yeah, my mom yelled at me and I went in my room, shut the door and was like... <laughs> You're like, was like so I'm not actually upset. No, I was like, damn, like, I'm sorry you're mad at me. I'm sorry you're <laughs> mad at me, but I have this amazing, like, but this is like cake face airbrush more, makeup. Yeah, like, this is important. Like, I'm a baddie now. I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> mom. I can't buy medicine. I have to be a baddie at Walgreens. <laughs> I'm like 13, too. Man, we really thought we were hot, didn't we? Oh my God, thought. <laughs> thought. Thoughts out of the question, honey. Nobody could not tell me. And looking back at those pictures and stuff, you just are like, who were my friends? So I wore a uniform every day. Oh, lucky you. And I think that it has saved me a lot of... What I deal with. What you deal with, I guess, looking back at... It's very interesting because I see a lot of stuff from people who are my same age saying like this throwback to when we all had this or that, you know, and there are some things that I'm sure part of it is just like... I wasn't raised super aware of pop culture, you know? Yes, we've talked about this. But also a big part of it was like, I was wearing a uniform every single day. And if I wasn't wearing a uniform, I was like going to play soccer or something, you know? Or I was going to church. So those were like my cycle of outfits was like Sunday mass, soccer practice, uniform. And I actually did wear a uniform through high school too, which I loved and I- Oh my gosh, yes. Because I went to an all-girls high school where we all wore uniforms and they were honestly very comfortable. It was just like a polo shirt Mm -hmm. and like a skirt that wasn't even really a skirt. It just like zipped up. We wore athletic shorts underneath it and then like none of us combed our hair. (laughs) I would wash my face, brush my teeth, put this stuff on and leave. But that said, I still, to this day, I still have nightmares that I wake up and I can't find my uniform. What? Yeah. And then I'm looking through the laundry and I'm looking through like my sister's closet and I'm looking under my bed and like, I'm just looking everywhere for it. Cause I can't leave if I'm not wearing my uniform or I'll have dreams that I show up at high school and I have one thing wrong on my uniform. Like I'm wearing a tube top or something. And I, you know, uh, it's an interesting category of anxiety. I think it's similar to the naked in public dreams that people have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always have shirtless in public dreams. Really? Yeah. Where it's like, I'm almost, it's almost right. But that's the other thing is that in these dreams, people don't seem to notice, which makes me more anxious because I'm trying to find like, 
oh my gosh, nobody's noticed yet. So if I run and get to the bathroom or like find a shirt, then it'll be okay, you know? And then it's just a race against time. But my most common nightmares these days are these days these days because I mean they used to be really bad but this is something that we probably will not relate to at all either losing a uniform can't find my uniform can't go to school or I got the lead role in a play and okay hot shot no 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 this is my dream this is not reality the dream is that I got the lead role in a play finally I'm so excited I'm not a supporting role I'm the lead yes awesome they trust me they believe in me Awesome. And so then it goes from the joy of that and being so excited and everybody being like, well, did you learn your lines yet? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And then it's the day of nobody gave me a script. So I don't know any of the lines and everybody keeps telling me, no, you got this. Like you can do it. You know your lines. And I'm like, no, I don't actually. And I don't know where my script is. So I can't look at it to like make sure I know. And then the dream never gets to me being on stage. It's just the anxiety of it. Truthfully, in high school, I had that happen a few times where I went on stage and didn't know my lines. So like, really? Yeah, I ad-libbed a few times. Yeah, and then my um, choir director made fun of me for it in front of everyone and I just walked off the stage <laughs> in choir practice, which was maybe a little bit of a dramatic move, but it was either that or just sob in front of everyone hysterically and be like so oh, embarrassed. So cry in peace, cry in a Yeah, so cry I just looked stall. at him and I... It's not like I just stood there frozen either. I just, <laughs> I just no like, ad-libbed, yeah. which is... Super like professional, right? Uh, what would be professional is knowing my lines. What would be professional is doing my lines correctly. But like the show must go on, so like you're not the show supposed must to make on. the audience doesn't know that. Oh yeah, it was way better than me running off stage or something. But I, you know, at that age, should have been trustworthy enough for that. But. The other thing that I didn't know at the time is that I had sleep apnea, which mm. ruins your memory. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah, because you don't get enough oxygen to your brain when you're sleeping. Your memory is so bad. You're so forgetful and tired all the time. And so it's all these things. Yeah, that's a fun fact about me is that I have sleep apnea or I I really don't have it anymore because I got my tonsils removed, Mm -hmm. etc. Looking back, so much of my high school performance in general was reliant on that. And like my lateness, my chronic lateness had a huge part in that. Mm -hmm. And I fell asleep driving multiple times, which like I didn't realize was such a big deal, which is a crazy thing to say. But a lot of the anxieties that I have in my life come from things that I feel like I did because I was so chronically overtired. Mm -hmm. So, so wild. So many of like the bad habits that I developed and am now coming to unlearn yeah. Like oversleeping, overeating, overdoing all these like indulgent things mm-hmm. because I was quite frankly fucking miserable all the time. Yeah. I would wake up and the first thing I thought was, I'm so fucking tired. I wish I could go back to bed. Yeah. But it's already 1 yeah. p.m. I've slept through classes and my alarms and I had 14 hours of sleep. So I would get up, go upstairs to my roommates. But and- it's also not wanting to be like depressed presenting. Oh yeah, but I was. I was so deep in the trenches that I I didn't even have that option, truly. But somehow I graduated college. Yay! We love a bright side. Somehow I graduated college and it just took a lot of grit, which didn't feel like it at the time. I just felt like I was failing everything constantly all the time. So, but I made it. 
I made it out. I made it out on the other side and I'm healing and forgiving myself for the things that I put myself through. It's a weird process, but it is certainly something. Kind of looks like a mustache, but... It does. The energy that I brought to this piece is brought to you by second graders everywhere. And the nose is sliding off as I speak and the eye is sliding off. I did such a good job. <laughs> or this eye is not even glued down at all. So I'm just going to dip it in the sparkling glue. I love being um, n not concerned about perfection. I wish I was like that. I wish I could just relax a little. I think there are things that a lot of people will joke about or say that they are jealous of or like, oh, I wish I had that problem that is so like overrated. Yeah. One of those things being perfectionism. One of those things being OCD. One of them being like, oh, I just can't gain weight if I eat. Like there's so many things that I think it's a result of the adverse effects of the 90s, 2000s. There was such an intense obsession with thinness. The idea of being like uncomfortable about being too skinny was mm -hmm. not, it was non-existent. Mm -hmm. So then you would villainize anyone who was that way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like because so much of the expectation for being, this is so dramatic, the expectation for being productive in a capitalist society <laughs> is that you're hyper-organized mm -hmm. and that you are successful and getting things done yeah, on the dot. That's actually really... It's funny that you bring that up because I've been seeing so many organizational videos on my feed, mm -hmm. which, like I said, I, I'm in my Pinterest organizational yes. era. But, like, mind you, I am, like, a mildly, like, jokingly type A personality, I feel mm -hmm. like. A lowercase A. Lowercase. <laughs> I'm a lowercase type A. I'm in this era. So maybe because I've been looking at Pinterest, looking at these feeds, they've been popping up. I feel like organizational, like it's being pushed a little too hard. There's a level of functionality and like things being helpful and stuff. Organization is great. For me, it's really important. It has to be because I naturally have a very scattered brain and then that gives me anxiety. But I think the dangerous part of that is whenever people do genuinely have OCD or perfectionism or like obsessions with things like that is how detrimental it is to that person when things can't be that way. Mm. Feeling so compelled and like compulsed to have to do things is uncomfortable and not, oh, I just like being organized. Mm -hmm. So I just think there are so many things that have become envied. You know what I mean? People yeah. envy, oh, wow, you can eat so much and not whatever. And oh, oh yeah, you yeah. can, you just, you're never messy at all. And it's like, perfect. You're so perfect. But like, it's just so unreal. And being someone who has struggled with the opposite things, like I've struggled with my weight, no matter what I eat. And I've struggled with getting things done, being on time, having things organized. Like all these things are just part of what I thought was my personality, but it's not my personality. That's just things that I mm -hmm. naturally seem to have a little more trouble with, or I had fallen into patterns. patterns. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that at some point in my life, I had trouble with these things and then I fell into a pattern and I had to figure out how as an adult can I work on those things because it's different than how I worked on them as a kid because now things are different for me and I yeah. didn't think I didn't think that I could do that at 25 I thought that that was just solidified who I was as a person that was part of me what really changed that for me was actually one of our friends Grace Grace Grace, we sat next to each other at work. So she heard things that I said all the time. And I, I said something about like, yeah, well, I'm just, what do you think my apartment looks like as a joke? Because my desk was a disaster. The thing is, it's not like, ooh, it's dirty. It's like, there's just so, so much, much shit. stuff. There's so much stuff. 
I said something just being exasperated, you know, like it's exhausting to have those tendencies. And she said to me, I used to be that way. And then I had a kid and something snapped in my brain. And I was like, I can't be like that anymore. And I thought to myself, she's a grown ass adult Mm -hmm. and she lived her whole life being, you know, messy and unorganized and feeling behind and things like that. There is no reason that I cannot change things. Mm-hmm. I can change things around. I know what I have to take the extra effort to do. I just have to fully commit myself to it, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing to do, especially if you are dealing with anything else. I feel like people also don't talk about the lack of trust you start to build within yourself when you constantly don't honor those commitments with yourself. For example, say like when you were setting up your podcast, what if you didn't take the time to actually like do the brainstorming or do the setting up for this stuff? It wouldn't come to fruition. It wouldn't be a thing. So I don't know. That's just a good point. Which is so wildly different from where I have been in the past. That Mm -hmm. is such a good example was that these things were all packaged up Mm -hmm. and like all these different things were put together. And it's so different knowing what to do and Mm -hmm. doing it, which seems so simple. But that's something I really struggled with in middle school, high school, even I mean, really, actually really a lot in college was I know what I need to do. Why am I not doing it? And I felt like there was just such a mental roadblock there. And just for some reason, like I kept pounding on that and saying like, okay, I'm the only one in my way. I'm the only one who can do this and stuff. But I was not looking for solutions in the right way. Mm. I was just trying to strong arm, like will myself to do it. But I was so chronically unhappy in so many other ways Mm -hmm. and just not living up to my full potential. And then that's what would get me back in a cycle of depression and just like self-hatred. That that disappointment in yourself, that lack of trust. Yeah. And so that's exactly what it was, is building trust within myself. And I, I actually had like one of my therapists at some point said, you can do whatever you want. You can be stressing out about working out all the time and not doing it and all these things. And she was like, the way for you to get back on like your fitness journey or whatever, trusting yourself that you're gonna do it. I realized, it's not just blindly trusting yourself either. It's the following through too. You can only trust someone who shows you that you can trust them. Yep. So I have to be able to show myself that I trust myself yeah. enough to do this. Things that you know from me being me. Why would I trust myself to get on time to work every day? Right. If I'm not putting in the work. Right. It's a twofold thing. It's literally two people. You cannot just cut yourself slack mm-hmm. and not see the repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. So that's really what has changed for me with organization. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is it's so many things that I'm like, I know that I love eating healthy food. I love cooking. I love running. I love when things are organized. I love having clean clothes. Like all these things that seem so obvious of like, okay, then what do you do to get that? I just had to start doing it in repetition. And repetition has always been something like consistency has always been something hard for me. And I think part of that is just my lack of focus naturally. And also me doubting myself so hard that like I set the lowest expectations that I possibly could for myself. Mm -hmm. So then whenever I start doing little things and it's so many things that like you hear people preach this, but once you put it in action, it's so different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like I have reformed things, which is a really good feeling and took me a way longer than I thought it was going to, to get there. 
I feel like I'm there and I feel like I'm growing. It's like the best feeling is like when you feel like you are utilizing and like maximizing your full potential. I don't know. It's motivating. It's so motivating. The biggest motivator is being proud of yourself. Yeah, And the only really way to be is. proud of yourself is to do the things that you know you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. It's just so wild though, because I feel like I could tell me a year ago all these things and like you still just have to go through what you go yeah, through like to you grow. Really do, you really do. It's about the journey. The journey is what gets you to where you want to be. I don't think anything I could have said now looking back would have changed what I did, how I learned mm -hmm. or all these things. And I know I have so much learning to do in the future, obviously. I feel like I'm on a better path for myself and it's because I'm trusting myself, but that's because I'm giving myself a reason to trust me. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, for having so much fun with this cat. No, for real, these are cute. But thank you so much for watching or listening or whatever it is that you're doing. Please give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok. That's Craft Desk Pod. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, pretty much anywhere that you can get your podcasts. We're on there. So it's a little bit different than the YouTube version. YouTube version is longer form and obviously a video. Podcast version is a little bit more clean cut and audio, obviously. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a comment and a like. That's all I have to say. And I love ending these videos. It always goes so smoothly. <laughs> Goodbye and happy Halloween and have a great and safe weekend.